Hello, everybody. This is Turning Left. Yes, we are back. We took last week off. Uh, we uh, we were all on special assignment. Hey, somebody's got to do it. That's right. It's a dirty job, but somebody's got to. Yeah. Folks, welcome back. Happy Wednesday. This is Turning Left, and I am Jason Elm. Of course, always, he is the yin to my yang. <laughs> Is Somebody the, could interpret that the wrong way, by the way. Well, he is the Donnie to my Marie. Uh, I'll, yeah, that's a little closer to reality. Yeah, okay. uh, Sir Richard, hello. Hey, it's great to be back. Uh, uh, special assignment was interesting, did a lot of research, and uh, threw shoes at people. Right, yeah. You know, I, I find that this uh, the show on Wednesdays is very therapeutic for me. Because I get got all this built up. Oh, I can't believe it. Trump, Trump, Trump. You know, you're right. Throwing shoes at the screen, and so Wednesday we all out there, and it's great. But we didn't do it last week, so uh, oh, you have a pent up angst. That's right. I'm like a teenage angst person now. I'm all angry at the world, you know. But uh, it's good to see you again, man. Hey, it's fun to be here. Uh, I've got the uh, putts of the week, and uh, I'm sure we have lots of wonderful topics uh, which are confronting the American public as we speak. Right. I, I've always wondered how in the heck do you narrow down the putts of the week because it is a it, it literally is a target rich environment. I mean, how do you how do you tell me real quick the culling? How do you how do you get it down? Narrow it down? Winnow it? Well, down? it's the old. So many topics, so little time. <laughs> so I try to pick the one that I find most egregious yeah. in the moment. Yeah. 20 minutes after I've written it, I go, oh, geez, here's the worst one. I'll save it for next week. Right, because you know the person who's ever had the right. pots is going to be there. So. Yeah, because I used to actually, I used to really write a daily blog. Yeah, and it was easy that way because instead of having to choose from 15 or 20, it was four or five. So it made it much easier. I had to see. see I, 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 I almost didn't want to know because I didn't want to see behind the curtain, right? Because I got in in my mind, you've got like this spinning dartboard, <laughs> and it's got all the you know all the cat the rogues gallery, right? Right. And you just throw the boop. Okay, this week it's you know. Hey, you it's know. a great idea, though. I kind of like it. Ryan, you win a pack of cards and just deal them out and stick a knife through on them. Ooh, that could work. Could we do that like live on air though? Just Probably. Excellent. I like we it. just need a cutting board, a, a good stiletto, and a deck of cards. <laughs> MacGyver it up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, we do have a bunch of stuff uh, we need to get to. Uh, yesterday was kind of uh, anticlimactic for the GOP as they kind of tried to shelve a little bit uh, the vote for the uh, Senate uh, health care plan. Uh, it, it's called the what? Better... Uh, Better Care Recon- Reconciliation Act or something like Also that? known as B-U-L-L-S-H, blank T. Blankety blank. So I figured when we talk about this today, right, they've got, you know, the ACA and blah, blah, blah. There's all these little anachronisms. We needed our own anachronism when we talk about the Senate health thing. So I came up with one. Oh, good. I did. This one, we're going to be calling it. Folks, for you playing the home game at home, we're going to be playing. Uh, it is called critical response and ana- analytical prognostication. Well, let me say that again: critical response and analytical prognostication. Crap! Crap! Exactly. That's what. That's basically what the bill is. Uh, 
a uh, so uh, a such a bad CBO score that it actually went into negative numbers. Right, and uh, I call it death care. Right, and uh, so Doc, if you could put up the first uh, little, uh, there you go, health care or death care. To me, there's a third one though, I, and I had gotten done with the graphics yesterday, and I, I was like, okay, we'll just go with this. But it's really three. It's healthcare. Is it healthcare? Is it death care? Or is it just a, a massive uh, uh, tax cut for the one percent? Oh, it is, and and for that, I call it pet care. <laughs> care? No kidding. Oh my gosh. So okay. A lot of people out there, they see uh, what's going on in the Senate. They saw what went on in the House. And, you know, maybe you're doing your 9-to-5 job. You're living your life. you got, you know, the soccer practice. you got the kids. You're doing your own thing. And you say to yourself, good Lord, what is in this Senate bill, right? Most of the senators don't even know. Right. They, they were behind closed door. There's been no hearings. There has been no uh, debate on it at all. Uh, literally, the master plan, folks, the master plan was after McConnell unveiled it, what, last Thursday, Right. they wanted to wait a grand total of, like, I think seven days before the 4th. Before the, just, they wanted to let it out, have a quick vote before the 4th. And ram it down Americans' throats. Right, and then they came uh, to the uh, unpleasant conclusion that uh, up to five senators said, no yeah. way in hell are they going to vote for it. Mm-hmm. And so now they pulled it off, and all the arm twisting begins. Mm -hmm. Or I like to call it senatorial bribery. Right. And after they'd shelved it yesterday, uh, a, a, lot, a lot of us on the left and even the moderates and even moderate Republicans, they were like, you know, it's over. Folks, I, I, I don't want to... Uh, Pour water in your ear and tell you it's raining. So I'm going. I'm, but I got to be truthful with you. It's not over, okay? It's not over. Here is Jason's a part of my critical response and analytical prognostication. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you right now how this is gonna go down, okay? This is my theory, Richard. I'll. I'm listening. Uh, I. I truly believe that they threw this out there. Uh, McConnell did this. The, th you know, shove shove it on the wall. Okay, let's see what sticks, right? See what sort of heat we're all going to take from this, because you know it's going to be bad, but we need a weather gauge. Okay? Right. And so I, I truly believe that the, the plan was never and is never that they're going to go for the vote before the 4th. Why is that, folks? Because these people are going to go home for the 4th, and they're going to face town halls and other stuff, and they don't want to do that. Because if you ram something this horrendous down people's throats, people are going to be in the streets. Uh, uh, they already have been. I mean, it's just going to get worse when you have go to Republic. The, the House found that out when they went to their own uh, town hall meetings, and they had their own constituents who were Republicans throwing right. things at them, berating them, swearing at them. These guys were running out of the room right. because they had no clue that their own base would be so pissed off. Right. And so I, I really think that what they're going to do, and I could be wrong. I could be wrong. They could try to force it down uh, a Friday right before the break and go. But I really think that they're going to uh, wait while they go home, and that way they don't face a lot of, uh, well, a lot of uh, critical response and analytical prognostication from the <laughs> home people, right? They don't want to catch that crap. And so what they're going to do is they're going to come back from the 4th, and then they're going to try to ram it down your throat because they, then they don't have to go back to the constituents for a while. 
and the hopefully you know the American public. Well, you know we're going to go on to bigger and better things after that. Especially because most of those Fourth of July meetings with representatives and senators are at like county fairs or at big Fourth of July celebrations. Yeah, uh, and they don't want to be booed off the stage. Right. That's the last thing they want. The other thing too is that they just had need time to convince. Uh, uh, all the people who are voting against it, yeah. and we're talking about the Republicans, because they, if they lose three Republicans, it goes down in flames. Right. Um, so Olympia Snow already said there's no way she was going to vote against it. I right. think King and a couple other ones uh, already said no, there's no way, because not only are they either up for re-election, or they have a huge Medicaid constituency within their state, and yeah. they have enough chutzpah to know that it's going to hurt my people. Right, because I mean, there is most definite swing states. You got your uh, uh, even even like Wisconsin, right? You got your Wisconsin, you got your Ohio, you got your uh, Pennsylvania, which is no uh, folks. These are not red out and out red states. So these guys see the writing on the wall. Portman and them. Uh, they don't want to go back home and face uh, what would almost a tribunal, right? What, right. Are, you, what are you doing? And uh, so I think they're going to wait until after the fourth. They're going to try to come back after the fourth and ram it down. So you're saying to yourself right now, man, I've heard about this. Everyone's going uh, crazy over this. Uh, so contentious, but I really don't know what's in it. So I, I thought for uh, for a bit we would sit down and drill deep on this and try to tell you and whoever's listening right now what is uh, what some of this is about and more importantly how it affects you. Now I realize that we do the show here from uh, you know port the scenic Portland Oregon and we have something called the Oregon Health Plan right so we're kind of we're kind of spoiled in the way that Oregon kind of figured it out early. But if you're up in Washington, folks, if you're in Vancouver, you're in Battleground, you're in Camas, you're in Seattle, you're in Yakima, you're in Spokane, you're in Idaho, you're in California and all parts east, this is going to affect you, right? This is going to deal in your daily life, and you should at least know uh, what is going to affect one-sixth of the United States economy. So let's drill down. Let's talk about Obamacare. Or the ACA. The ACA. Versus the House Plan, the American Health Care Act. Trump Act. Trump Care. Trump Care. And this uh, uh, Better Care Reconciliation Act. Which, which is, is just a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of crap, yeah. So, in Obamacare, you could be on uh, your uh, parents' plan up till the age of 26. Correct. Okay. Now, believe it or not, with both the other plans... There has been no altering of that. Correct. Okay. But, but let's say let's say you are uh, retired. Let's say you are of a uh, more fixed income low, and as we know with the baby boomers, this affects a lot of people. Not only through the plan, but the Medicaid cuts. Okay. Right. It's the lar well. Now it's the second largest voting block in America. Right. Uh, so the first the first shot across the bow, folks. I want you to think about this for a minute. If you are over sixty five, if you have health concerns, uh, if you and this is beyond the pre existing stuff. We haven't. Even, we're not going right. to get to that. No. Yet. No. No. This is just the 
This is the cream off the top that's rotten. Yeah, if you are over 65, and let's say you are in an assisted living facility or you are in a nursing home, with the Senate plan, as with the House plan, the House plan, you get a grand total of coverage for 100 days. After 100 days, you're on your own. You're on your own, and you know that Grandma and Grandpa are in the stat. It's no longer well. They've just this is their health right now. That is status quo now. Okay. And so you have to deal with the fact that you have a 100-day deadline, and after that, it's it's up to, leave it up to fate. Well, yeah, uh, and assisted, you know. assisted care can run up to $7,000 a month. Yes. And that's, and that's reasonable in terms of what the Republicans figure. Uh, it would be even higher in places like San Francisco, New York, Chicago, where you have a greater number of those people, and yeah. you have a higher uh, cost of living index. Exactly right. And, folks, you see the stuff on paper, and it's all there in black and white, and it, it seems non-personal, right? It doesn't, touch, it doesn't touch base with you. It doesn't hit you in your heartstrings. So I'm going to tell you a little story real quick, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you uh, my father passed away a year ago. Uh, he had uh, the bad triple threat of uh, Parkinson's, dementia, and Alzheimer's. Oof. Uh, and since I was basically the last Alan standing, it was up to me to make sure that he was taken care of. Uh, with working 40 years and a pension and a uh, IRA and everything like that, those uh, health uh, those homes because the state of Oregon doesn't let you take care of uh, elderly with dementia they need special care you have to have them in a uh, special facility that special fa- facility costs about sixty five hundred dollars a month okay and so think of think of that now let, let's take that okay and let's work in the fact that you only get covered for a hundred days. So where is where is that money going to come from? Now, I'm, people who are young aren't even thinking about that because, hey, I'm young, I'm healthy, I don't have that. But e- even though you are young and healthy, you have a mother and father, and you have a grandparents, right? And so chances are you're going to have to start thinking along those lines. With this plan, you're definitely going to have to start thinking along those lines. $6,500 a month that I had to sweat about. That's $720,000 a year. And, and that's that's just a ticket to get into the door of one of those facilities. Right. Uh, that's not, uh, that is also not, you know, all the prescription drugs. Right. All the ancillary costs that come with dealing with that. Now, people say, well, Jason, you know, that's a special deal because that was uh, dementia and Alzheimer's, Right. Okay, so let's talk about the other things like cancer, right? Uh, chemo rates, uh, the treatment, the the drugs that go into that. All this is into the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And that, that folks, that has usually been paid by Medicaid and or Obamacare, right? Right. That includes things like dialysis, um, any any anything that's a long term prescriptive need so that you can survive is uh, on the chopping block. So as I've told people when they ask, well, what do you think about it? I said, well, do you have grandparents? (laughs) Uh, Okay, here's what 
the reality is if you can't afford them and you can't afford their medication, what is the outcome going to be? And it's very simple, death. Yeah. This actually, I can't get any more basic than this. This actually flies in the face of the Hippocratic Oath. Do no harm. This bill is going to do a lot of harm. Well, interesting, the AMA is not in favor at all of this bill. No, no. AMA has come out and trashed it. the uh, AARP. Yes, well, AARP said. is going to is actually targeting McConnell and the senators that go to vote positively for this, right. and that's one group you really don't want. They're like the NRA for old people. Right. Um, and so, since we were talking about like uh, the first contrast I put up there was for people who are over sixty-five, right? So chances are, if you were over 65, you're on at least some sort of Medicaid, okay? So the, the, you say to yourself, Jason and Sir Richard, how is that going to affect Medicaid? How is this going to affect Medicaid? Folks, Medicaid is going to get slashed by $840 billion. Let, let me say that again for you so that there is no gray area. It's the big B. <laughs> with the, yeah, with the capital B. Yeah, really. $840 billion. Medicaid. What is Medicaid for? Medicaid is for low income. Medicaid is for the elderly. Medicaid is for the disabled. Medicaid is for those who are under the poverty line. Children. The exactly the most disadvantaged subsect of America is going to be hung out to dry, apocalyptically affected. Yeah, absolutely. By a uh, cut of eight hundred and forty billion billion dollars. And Medicaid, it works just like Medicare works. Right. Yes, there are. There's bad actors, but in general, they work. They keep people healthy. They allow uh, pregnant mothers to get uh, prenatal care. Yes, uh, all of which eventually rolls down the line to the health care of America in general. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't get prenatal care, you don't get the care you need as a child. Uh, the chance of you becoming a real active uh, Participant right. in in uh, your country is diminished. Right. You know, one one of the genius things about the ACA was uh, is there was a little vision there. They tackled things that people could say oh, we don't need preventative care. Yes, you do because you're right. Uh, as people grow and get older, chances are stuff is going to happen to you. Right. You're living. You're breathing. You're living. That's what happens. And so when you start cutting things like preventative care, you're just asking for trouble. This seems so, you know. Even the AMA has stated more than once that that wellness or preventative care is so much less costly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because it gets people at the early stage of some program or some process or some illness. And if you get it early, you can cut the cost down by taking care of it early. It's like if your car breaks down and you know the brakes need to be fixed, are you going to keep driving it anyway, hoping that, well, I won't have to stop right. anywhere between here for the uh, and there for the next month? Most people would say, no, i got to go get my brakes fixed because yeah. I might die in the process. Well, it's exactly the same thing. You might die in the process. Exactly I mean, uh, it... it 
you know, the, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, has scored this, and they even said that tens of thousands of Americans will die needlessly because they don't have access or affordable to affordable health care. Needlessly. We're not yeah. talking about people who are totally sick, but some, you, you, get a, you get dengue fever, and you have to be in the hospital, yeah. and guess what? That $3,000 a day in ICU is not covered. Yeah, that'll cover maybe the first half hour. Right. Uh, but you're right. The CBO, Let's talk about the CBO score here for a second, right? They, they said, and this is a conservative estimate, right? This wasn't an up to. This was just conservative. That 22 million people were going to be uh, uh, forced off the coverage. And not only that, uh, within the first year, Within the first year, 15 million, okay? Now think about that. 15 million. Do you do you know where you sit within the 15 million? Are you safe? Are you not safe? Does it cause you now uh, problems to think about that? It should. 22 million Americans. And that is, that is the bare bones minimum. They said that this could go as high as, to affect in some way or another as much as 40 to 45 million people. Right. And the other thing you have to remember, folks, is that the CBO, uh, is, the way it's written is it is a nonpartisan yeah. agency yeah. That, that can't throw. It's basically like think of actuaries and statisticians. That's what all they are. That's all it does is it provides numbers so that senators and, and congressmen and women can make a decision based on fact rather than what they're doing on fancy. Right. And if you're not even, you say, well, you know, Medicaid doesn't affect me. I'm fine with it. There are other problems and other factors that go into this. Folks, if you have a pre-existing condition, now your state, when it gets shoved back to the state, can opt out of uh, having any sort of uh, guideline coverage. for You know, you can't force, no longer can force, the insurance company to look the other way on pre-existing. Oh no! Right. If uh, you have a pre-existing condition, you are back to the bad old days of uh, either not getting covered at all, or if you were lucky enough to find a carrier that is willing to take you on, you're going to be being paid such an inflatable prices that it. I mean, it you is won't be able to afford it. Yeah, you ain't gonna afford to eat alone. Right. B- between that and, and the care. And I'm talking about, you know, the people with, you know, like cancer, right? Or you have uh, MS, so really serious debilitating disease. Diabetes. Di- diabetes, right there. Uh, 20, you know, yeah, you're one of the 22 million, you know, you're one of the 22 million, okay? Uh, so the pre-existing conditions is huge, right? We we thought we were past that with Obamacare. Now we're getting now we have to stare the ugly beast back in the face. Right, right? and then there's the the problem that uh, comes up with if you lose your coverage. Yeah. Currently under Obamacare, you know, every year you can sign up for somebody new. In the Republican bill, beer bill, beer, uh, you're out to lunch. Totally, yeah. because they'll cut you off for six months. You could be without coverage for six months 
if you dropped care because you couldn't afford the premium right. that month. Man. So for those folks who are sitting out there who happen to be self-employed and you don't have a paycheck, which is rock solid week after week after week, you are in danger of losing your health care coverage for easily up to six months, if not more, and then the penalty will be pretty heavy, yeah. uh, they've said. The other thing that's really stinky about it is that they are going to be punishing all the states that voted blue in the election. Yep. They are going to defund them by giving them less block grant money. That, that is a, that is, that's a wonderful segue because my next point was uh, – and to me, this is one of the more insidious things beyond the Medi Medi Medicaid, which is just, I'm, I, I don't use this word lightly, and I usually don't throw things out like that, but the whole Medicaid uh, slash is it, just evil. Oh, it right. is evil. I mean, it's just there's it's no. draconian. It's I mean, it's uh, yeah. th think of think of all the worst adjectives you could possibly put. This bill has it. It yeah. is a huge tax shift from working poor, working families in the middle class, giving millionaires who yeah. don't need it extra money. Warren Buffett was going to make eight million dollars a year more yeah. because. He didn't. He would be a beneficiary of this, to which he said he didn't need the money. Right. You know, one of the more insidious things about this uh, uh, Better Care Reconciliation Act is again their 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 focused hatred of Planned Parenthood. Oh yeah. They they, they want to install uh, a a year ban and then reassess at that time, folks. If if you think the year ban is just going to be a year ban. Uh, welcome to Turning Left. We have some wonderful uh, waterfront property in, in Utah <laughs> for you. Uh, it's just it, it's not doable, and just it's insidious though the way they go after. I mean, they're in in some in some districts here in in, in the country. Planned Parenthood is the only place where these people can go. Okay. Right, and we're not talking about abortions. We're no. talking about we're talking about health care for women and children. Yes. Uh, some some of the elderly men even also abortions are like two percent of what they spend their money on. They are your neighborhood urgent care type situation mm -hmm. that will disappear, uh, and many communities will have nothing. Right. So your choice is, if you get hurt, you have to go spend three thousand dollars a day in uh, an ER. Uh, yeah. I mean, think about what is going to be lost alone on the early mammogram screenings. Oh. I mean, how many people's lives have been saved because they went to a plant period and they got a mammogram and they were able to find early detection? And part of that was is because insurance uh, companies didn't cover mammograms right. for years and years. So Planned Parenthood was the only place you could get a mammogram. Let's let's all uh, have a moment of silence on that and think about the implications of this uh, Better Care Reconciliation Act as it applies to Planned Parenthood. Not only with Planned Parenthood, but let's talk about people with disabilities for a second. Okay? Correct. Once again, a lot of the people with disabilities, they will fall um, under the purview of, of somewhat of Medicaid. Okay? Right. And uh, with the $840 billion 
Slash and Medicaid over like the t- for ten years. Ten years. Uh, people with disabilities just suddenly aren't going to be disabled anymore. It's not like okay, we're good. Hey, not a problem. So let's ask folks. Let's ask ourselves what happens to those people who are disabled that need that extra care and that extra coverage because they have to live with such debilitating. Uh, you know, uh, just disabilities with their whole lives. They 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 have to live a life that we have no idea. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm spoiled. I'm a I am a spoiled uh, white uh, middle aged bald dude. <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about children too. Mm-hmm. So uh, children require special help both at the home. And also in school, just to be able to be considered uh, a functional person. Yes. And so it could be your cousin, it could be your own child, it could be your aunt's daughter, it could be your aging son, it could be anybody that encounters a disability. And that could be from a car accident. We're not talking just that you're born with a, a, a physical disability. Just life causes yeah. disabilities, one right. way or another. Whether it's on the job or something else like that, uh, you're going to be out of luck. Right. And if you're talking with people with disabilities, folks, the bottom line is this. By 2026, uh, more than the 15 million people will fall off the rolls of Medicaid. That is, that is I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if you say, Jason, that's not true. It is true. Look through the bill. Look through the CBO. It's all there in black and white. It's not fake news, folks. It's not fake news. This is real. Okay? So if you're in disabilities... Yeah, and your life is in jeopardy. Right. Healthcare is the only thing between you and the Grim Reaper. Right. And so when you take away healthcare, there is no option. People will die needlessly, and that just makes me really angry. How can the wealthiest country in the world treat their citizens like uh, peasantry, which is just exactly what's happened? Right. Um, not only that, we, we haven't even taken into account yet. We haven't even touched on mental health. Oh, Right. Uh, that goes then back to the states where the block grants and each state will be able to opt out of even offering any sort of mental health services. Now, again, if you're in Oregon like we are, chances are you're, you'll be okay. If you live, however, uh, I don't know, Alabama, Montana. Montana, Idaho, Alabama, South Carolina, Missouri, Missouri, you name, you name, fill in the blank. Chances are your your mental health coverage is now gone. So we know that uh, the great uh, untold and uh, the the great you know the rug Americans they want to sweep it under is, is the uh, mental health, the state of mental health in our country. And you know, uh, ever since uh, Ronnie Reagan. Ronnie Ray Guns, uh, destroyed the uh, safety net for mental health in the United States. If that's why you see so many people, so many homeless people on the street, they're talking to themselves or they're doing weird things or you find people with, with mental uh, disabilities yeah. are going in buying guns because there is no one there to help them. They, are ho- they feel hopeless. They feel like they're not 
people anymore. They have, as Janis Joplin once said, ain't got nothing, you have nothing to lose. That's exactly right. And the last uh, bit I want to talk about, uh, about the uh, Better Care Reconciliation Act is, what if you're wealthy? What if you're wealthy? If you're wealthy, folks, you make out like a bandit. If you're wealthy, that $840 billion Medicaid tax cut is going to affect you, the 1%. Yep, the 1%, folks, you get to breathe a little bit easier because not only do you get, uh, you get to take advantage of tax loopholes and all the rigmarole that you go through to make sure very little money gets taken out of your pockets, you get an extra help. That's right. Uh, Trump and the Republicans and all their wisdom, they're going to help you be even more rich. Sounds a little bizarre, if you ask me. It is. It, it, you know, that's why it's not only health care. It's not only health care. That's why it's not only death care, which it, people are going to die from this. It's also, it's, a, it's a all tax reform, you right. know? It's a massive tax shift away from the people who have to work for a living yeah. to the people who think they work for a living. Right. And, folks... Here's what I want you to think about, too, also. I'm, I'm, we're, we're sticking pins and things because we want you to think about some stuff. But think about this. You've got a guy like the current president of the United States who hasn't paid taxes in 20 years, now going to make even more money off the backs of the elderly, the poor, and the disabled. Think about that. Those people in the big, shiny houses on the hill, that their, their country clubs and their Mercedes Benzes, they're, they're fine. They've got money in their pocket. All right? But they don't want you to have health care. They don't believe that health care is a right for you. Okay, This gets down to the core of what America is and what America stands for. And I'm going to lay it right on Main Street right now. It all comes back to the old biblical question. Are we our brother's keeper? Okay, There is a certain segment within the Republicans and the administration, current administration that says every man for themselves. We don't care. We don't want to know about your problems. We are not going to pay for you. How many times have you heard that on the news and or the right talk radio? It's not our obligation to take care of you. We are not our brother's keeper. Folks, you are your brother's keeper whether you want to believe it or not. We live in what I believe the best country that has ever been devised on planet Earth, we take care of each other, okay? And if we didn't take care of each other, uh, you'd have anarchy reigning. You'd have, uh, it would be the Middle Ages all over again. Right. Uh, or probably more like the Dark Ages all over again. Uh, societies only function well, when there are law, just laws that, one, affect everybody, and two, keep the populace uh, feeling like they are taken care of. Right. Whether it's the fact that you have stop signs where they really need to have stop signs because they have children crossing a zone to get to school. Right. Which is, uh, should be a no-brainer, Right. <laughs> It's yeah. that same mentality. Well, you're on your own, you know. Uh, we're not going to put stop signs up because it costs too much, and, and uh, that's, that's a good reason. Costing too much is not a reason to not or to do anything. It is not a reason. Yeah. It is a 
It is a Satanistic philosophy mm. that has no place in any modern civilization whatsoever. Right. It, it, listen, every other civilized country on the planet has some sort of national health care system. Folks, we live in our own bubble. We think that this is the norm. It, when we take on a world view, this isn't the norm. Okay? Uh, in, most of the, in most of the civilized world, there is a single-payer system and a nationalized healthcare system. It seems to be working out for a lot of the a lot of the European oh, uh, sure. uh, Union. Britain started theirs in the early fifties, yeah. and the people decided they wanted to they wanted to spend money, their tax dollars, to go to keep people healthy yeah. in Britain. Uh, same thing happened in Japan. I mean, you can run down the list. Even I know this sounds crazy, folks. China, <laughs> China has. A healthcare program that covers all Chinese people. They don't go in and have to pay $3,000 a day to be in an yeah. ER. The government covers it. Yes, it's a communist country. Oh, my. You mean to say that a communist country is ahead of our capitalistic system? The answer is yes, they are. Yeah. And, in, folks, we, we could talk about this uh, for hours this show is only an hour long unfortunately we've got to move things along but if you don't know what is in that plan if you have no idea if you're, if you're hearing stuff for the first time from us just talking about it ignorance is not bliss i need you to start reading stuff and i need you to get caught up on it and i need you to uh start uh, vocalizing because if you are silent democracy loses and another thing you can do is, in Oregon, we have two great senators who are obviously voting against the bill. Yeah. But if you have friends, relatives, sons, daughters living in other states who are voting for the bill, call them up and tell them what's going to happen to them and that they should call their senator to voice their disapproval of this draconian death camp bill. I believe this is the part where the congregation says amen. Hey, I would rather sing to the choir than sing to a bunch of deplorables. Right. Speaking of, no, okay, the bad segue, bad host, naughty, naughty. Okay, we're going to move <laughs> on now. Uh, yesterday there was quite a contentious exchange between a reporter and Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, during their now increasingly rare televised and live uh, press briefings. Uh, she came out there and her opening statement was to basically call the media, you know, the whole... Fake news. Fake news. This whole Russia... Uh, um, this whole Russia-Trump collusion thing, it's a hoax. It's all a hoax. Very Nixonian, though. Well, very Nixonian. But a a uh, a gentleman who is a reporter for a suburban Washington D.C. paper, he had had enough. He uh, stood up in the uh, in there and basically, well, he he basically called her and the Trump administration out. Yes, uh, it was in the uh, it was in the White House press briefing room. Right after she calls. Uh, the the media and the free press basically a disgrace. 
Uh, he got up and he said that she was rightly so, that what she's saying is inflammatory. And I'm not sure, can, can we dig up real quick, Doc, can we dig up audio, the uh, audio exchange of that? Because uh, uh, it really is, the, the guy, you, you can tell the emotion in his voice. He had, he had just, he had had enough. Yes, he had. And she was like uh, deer in the headlights as far as I was going to uh, she, she, she doesn't have a clue. No, not a clue. Much like her father. All right, Doc. Reporters resign. You're inflaming everybody right here, right now with those words. You, you, this administration has done that as well. Why in the name of heavens? Any one of us, right, are replaceable. And any one of us, if we don't get it right, the audience has the opportunity to turn the channel or not read us. I think I You think have been elected to serve for four years at least. There's no option other than that. We're here I think, to ask you questions. Right. You're here to provide the answers. And what you just did is inflammatory to people all over the country who look at it and say, see, once again, the president is right and everybody else out here is fake media. And everybody in this room is only trying to do their job. Well, I, I just I, I disagree completely. First of all, I think if anything has been inflamed, uh, it's the dishonesty that often takes place by the news media. And I think it is outrageous for you to uh, accuse me of inflaming a story when I was simply trying to respond to his question. She's got inflammatory brain disease. That's right, inflammatory brain disease. I like that. We're going to run with that. Okay. Uh, but what do you say... And I, I, this is one of those running questions I've had ever since, well, ever since the uh, campaign. Uh, what do you say in, in, in response to something that is so, well, bat crap crazy that it, it is total uh, alternative reality? I mean, she basically said, no, you're the response because you guys write just things that are not untrue. When that, that is a, the biggest pile of crap. And once again, I'm using the CRAP, Critical Response Analytical Prognostication. It's crap. Yeah, because unlike the White House, reporters end up being edited for accuracy. And they won't put stuff on that isn't accurate. And if it is inaccurate, it gets pulled back with a... Uh, a response saying, we're sorry, this yep. was inaccurate, we apologize. They don't do that at the White House. No. And see, in fact, that happened not too long ago. A few days ago, uh, CNN had to retract a story. Right. Uh, reporters had to resign over it. Right. Because there is such a thing as journalism, jur journalistic accountability. Yes, is there's a purity that that uh, journalists in America uh, try to cling to, and that's by telling the truth as they have researched it. Yeah, and th this whole assault, and, and I truly believe it is a assault on the free press of this country by those on the right. Oh, it is. Of, of trying to malign and fake news. You cannot believe anything they say to the point that the Trumpkins get out there and they honestly, and th this is the sad part, they honestly believe that the free press is just telling wholesale lies and they're out to get people. There's an agenda, an evil liberal agenda and we cannot believe, but they will readily lap up and scoop up anything from Breitbart or the other ultra-right uh, ultra -right publications and or media and they have lost any sort of ability to discern right from wrong, truth from a lie. Well, that's because they don't care. I mean, once you've brainwashed 
a segment of the public and ask Stalin. He knew how to do it quite well. So did Hitler. Yeah. So did Mussolini, uh, Pol Pot, all sorts of folks in history who have who have risen to power through the technique of brainwashing, getting people to believe crap is real. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I, I know I'm making light of this, and it's really not uh, a joking, but I can't help it. That's just the way I'm wired. Is I, I, I really want to call him, instead of the Khmer Rouge, I want to call him the Khmer Orange. Because <laughs> I, I just, it, it's it's crazy. You're right. The amount of brainwashing that, I mean, even, even uh, like with Sarah Huckabee Sanders yesterday, the whole thing about the dishonest media and the way... Those that gaslighting goes on is nothing, folks. It's nothing but the people in the administration throwing red meat to the base. That's all That's it is. That's right. That's right. And I'm glad that at least one reporter uh, stood up and, and and said something. And quite frankly, though, folks, I, I I said to myself, as cynical as I sometimes can be. I, I uh, the open question was, geez, I wonder if that guy's West Wing pass is going to work tomorrow. You never know. I'm probably yeah. not. The one thing I would like to see the media do is report on stuff without showing a picture of Donald Trump. If he didn't see his face on the news yeah. all the time, right. he might decide, oh wow, I guess they really don't like what I'm saying because they won't even show my glamorous picture, just like Time is about to sue him for putting fake covers in all of his uh, golf courses uh, with him on the cover of Time, which never happened. It was a Photoshop job. Don't you just love that? Here's a guy that's so narcissistic in fantasy land that he didn't hang him up at w one property. Oh, no! He hangs oh. up like five or six properties of a fake Time cover that he was never even on. Right. So he's getting sued again by somebody else. Oh, that's beautiful. I, you, you, folks, you can't make this stuff up. Truth is, at least with the Trump administration, <laughs> truth is stranger than fiction. That's right. Oh, for gosh sakes. We need to move on, though, because we're behind. We, we got so vocal and so passionate about the health care bill that we need to get on to probably my favorite segment <laughs> of the week. I love Mine, it. too, actually. I sit here and I say to myself... I wonder who uh, Sir Richard's going to throw up there on the putts of the week. So for, without further ado, I'm going to turn the microphone over to Sir Richard as he tells you who is our turning left putts of the week. Well, this week's World's Greatest Putts of the Year Award goes to the current EPA administrator uh, who couldn't administrate his way out of a wet paper sack, uh, Scott Pruitt. He and Don the Con will gut the Clean Water Act, giving a green light to polluters like Big Coal, energy companies, and chemical companies to dump their toxic, cancer-causing filth into the drinking water of millions Americans. Millions. We're talking 117 million Americans. So if you're downstream from a river that you get your drinking water from, the companies now will be dumping all their sewage into your tap. So when you turn on the tap water, just like in Flint, and it looks brown, guess where it came from? <laughs> because the EPA's Clean Water Act was designed to protect people f so they can have 
clean, potable water and make those responsible for messing that up pay to clean it up. That's Scott Pruitt. He's a jerk. Mm-hmm. He's a he, and he is the Grim Reaper. So, <laughs> if you decide that you're going to need to have bottled water, just think of the cost that's going to be over good old tap water. Right. And he's also your putts of the week. Hey, and a big one at that. We we'll give him the Bend Over Award on top of it. Oh, <laughs> the Benjamin De- the Benjamin D Over Award. <laughs> yes. Ooh, I like that. That's got promise to it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cogitate on that the next week here, folks. We're gonna go from the putts of the week to the cause of the week. Each week, turning left here, we uh, give you a local charity or nonprofit that you can get involved in. Right? It's this is not only uh, just telling you about it. I'm gonna give you. Uh, the contact information to where you can get out there and try to make the world a better place. Sounds good to me. This week's cause of the week is ecology in classrooms and outdoors. ECO inspires elementary school students to connect to the natural world by providing hands-on ecology enrichment programs. Since 2005, ECO has brought experimental nature lessons and activities to more than 15,000 students in the greater Portland metro region. They bring expert scientists and residents into elementary school classrooms to help students connect with nature through hands-on science, art, and service projects. That's a great way to do it. And little kids soak it up. We do, and we even have a testimonial. From a Fred C. Fred C. says that ECO is the real deal. Exceptional student experiences in the classrooms on outdoor service projects and field trips. In addition to being a donor, Fred C. is working with the ECO as an independent Encore fellow helping to expand their reach and impact. ECO programs educate students, advance collaboration skills, and build self Esteem. Folks, you can help ECO inspire the next generation to understand and revere nature so they will become informed and effective stewards. If you want to uh, look them up online, you can do so, www.ecologyoutdoors.org. Once again, www.ecologyoutdoors.org. Or if you feel like you want to go visit these people in person, you want to press the flesh, Shake some hands, kiss babies, whatever you want to do. Give them some money. Give them some money. They are located at 4214 Southeast 12th Avenue, Portland, 97202. Once again, 4214 Southeast 12th Avenue, Portland, Oregon. And it really does help because uh, it gets kids all excited about outdoor school, which they go to in middle grade, middle school grades. Uh, it gets schools to do things like start having gardens on mm. school property. That's right. Also, this week we have another uh, talk, uh, turning left book endorsement. Hey. Yes. The, this week's book endorsement is. Da, 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 da. That's right. A, a giant of the Senate by Senator Al Franken. Yes. Hooray for Al. Hooray for Al from Senator Al Franken, number one best-selling author and beloved SNL alum, comes the story of an award-winning comedian who decided to run for office and then discovered why award-winning comedians tend not to do that. <laughs> it's but, a lot of work. That's right. This book isn't about an unlikely campaign that had an even more improbable ending. The closest outcome in history in an unprecedented eight-month recount saga, which is pretty funny in retrospect. 
Wow. Oh, yeah. Yes. In this candid per- personal memoir, the Honorable Gentleman from Minnesota takes his army of loyal fans along with him from Saturday Night Live to the campaign trail, inside the halls of Congress, and behind the scenes of some of the most dramatic and or hilarious moments of his new career in politics. Has Al Franken become a true giant of the Senate? Franken asks readers to decide for themselves. Actually, yes, he has. I, be- I believe so. He is one of the bright spots. Yes, and he uh, asked questions that uh, made Jeff Sessions squirm. And actually, <laughs> it ended up that uh, Sessions perjured himself on that question. Yeah. So get on to uh, Amazon, get on to Barnes & Noble, or go to your local bookstore and purchase it. It is a highly entertaining book and really... When you read it, you come away with, and this is actually no ghost writer. He's the guy. That oh no! Well, that's he was a writer for SNL for years. And it, what comes through, and I know he uses, uh, you know, a lot of humor as a tool. And sometimes that gets gets lost in the shuffle of how really bright he is. Yes, he is. And uh, really, it, it is a very cool book. Uh, you 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 could do worse. Than, yes, than uh, and just for knowledge sake there are very few stupid comedians you have to have a lot of skills to make people laugh that's one of the hardest things there is to do that's right coincidentally that's why i'm not a comedian (laughs) me neither yeah but uh you know there's one story i want to talk about and with the last few minutes we got left um is about this growing really concerning it hits me i know it hits doc and i know it hits you sir richard as well the the whole privatizing of national parks and monuments, how they want to uh, drill in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, and, and like I mean, I see uh, signs, right? You know, like uh, Yellow Yellowstone National Park by Pepsi, you know, or or Taco Bell's Yosemite, you know. Uh, well, actually, in uh, Yosemite, that's almost the way it is because they had a big falling out with the. The uh, company that was trying to manage yeah. the uh, resources for the food—I mean, for restaurants and housing, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can do my cheesy FM voice real quick, you know, because uh, uh, because now you can visit Mount Rushmore by. Let's see. Let's let's do a corporate. What do you think? What what corporate? What corporate? Hey, kids, you can visit Mount Rushmore. Brought to you by Monsanto. We killed everything around it, but. It's still there. That's right, folks. Monsanto brings you Mount Rushmore. Family, friends, get your dog, get your grandma, get your Uncle Earl, and get out there today because Mount Rushmore will be Mount Rushless. That's right. I love that. I was was, going to throw in DuPont there, but I figured not. Well, DuPont's in the Appalachians. Monsanto. You know, think 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 of Crater Lake. Uh, with a big sign on it saying right. for sale highest bidder and then along comes uh, the Koch brothers or standard oil right Monsanto because little Bobby did need three arms exactly yeah, yeah that's but it, it bothers me the whole uh, philosophy behind taking uh, the pro the most precious parks uh, and monuments uh, out of public trust and putting it into privatization that, I mean, it's just then it's just going to be about earning a buck. Yeah, it's the heritage of America, and I can tell you 
that if Teddy Roosevelt was around, he'd be shooting people that yeah. even came up with that idea. Right. I mean, even or he'd beat the crap out of them. For God's sakes, even you know, even a guy like Nixon who had, you know started the EPA and stuff. Uh, I couldn't even see him doing something like no, that, right? No, no. In fact, this is the most... Uh, this is what I would call one of those red flag outrageous statements that it's there to get people all riled up while, uh, you know, they're really doing the true nasty stuff uh, undercovers. It's smoke and mirrors, folks. Smoke and mirrors. Right. It, it's, in, it's incredible. And speaking of monuments, uh, late breaking this morning uh i believe this is in uh let's see here was it arkansas missouri yes uh there was a 10 commandments uh a 10 commandments uh monument and i believe you're right i believe it is arkansas on public property on public property and uh it got um well it got pretty much trashed uh, let's let's take a look at it here if i can find it of course not because i am literally two degrees from a luddite <laughs> So the smartphone doesn't apply to the user in this case. Uh, but I believe it is Arkansas. It got trashed. Uh, someone in a truck, I believe. Ran over it. Ran it over. And while I, I am not for defacing any property, don't get me wrong, I'm not uh, publicly condoning any sort of vandalism. Uh, it's just I believe someone maybe got a little tired of... Well, uh, they probably realized that nobody was enforcing the uh, separation of church and state. Right. Which is actually, I know this is scary, folks, in the Constitution. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Talk to Thomas Jefferson. And uh, uh, I think next week uh, we're going to delve a little bit more into the privatization of national parks. And I also uh, want to start talking about the changes as, as it applies to uh, the Supreme Court and the bills that they're, they're now, not bills, but uh, the challenges now that they're going to start looking at, including uh, marriage equality. Oh, uh, the ban on the Muslim ban. Yeah. Uh, a variety of big issues are coming up. Uh, because uh, people thought that even though Gorsuch was kind of to the right, surely he's not going to be, you know, to the right of Clarence Thomas. Oh, he is. And he is far to the right of even the Clarence Thomas and Escalia. And uh, it's almost like we are going back 100 years. Well, it's the, he's the kind of guy that put in uh, all the... Uh, post-Civil War rules, yeah. uh, you know, separate but equal. Um, the hardcore Jim Crow. Jim Crow laws. Yeah. Uh, so the, the uh, Supreme Court uh, doesn't have the rosiest of histories, uh, and to go back to that would be a travesty, yeah. uh, and the, the American public just shouldn't stand for it. We shouldn't, and folks... If you think that those days are the good old days, I think you may need to re-examine re re uh, what the good old days were because if you were a minority or if you were a woman, chances are it wasn't the brightest of eras for you. No. I mean, you, uh, for women, they had three choices, motherhood, being a nurse, and being a teacher. Yeah. Uh, for people of color, they didn't even have those choices. Right. Uh, so things are... And historically speaking, things are starting to uh, come to a head a little bit. Um, and there are a lot of problems and a lot of philosophies now that in 2017, now into the 21st century, uh, it makes me a little ashamed to think that a lot of these 
uh, take courage to stand up for things that should only be common sense. Right. America is becoming a mean-spirited, angry country uh, that is nothing like what the Founding Fathers wanted it to be. Amen. They were interested in a progressive, vibrant uh, nation that uh, had a strong economy and basically, at the time, stood up for everybody, even though when it was written, you had to be white, you had to be a landowner to... uh, actually vote, but it has changed because progress is what made America what it is today. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we're going to end on that there, Sir Richard. Sounds good. We're good to go. Folks, thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for uh, spending some time in this uh, bastion of progressive thought, this, uh, this outpost on the frontier of democracy. Yeah, I see. I can I can do hyperbole too. I'm not bad at it. Hey, though. yeah, I, it works for me. But uh, thank you so much, Sir Richard. Uh, great to be here again, Doc. Thank you so much, man. Photo bomb in the back. There he is. There's the hand. And uh, folks, tune in next week, Wednesday at noon, or you can get up on YouTube during the week and check out the show again. Download it, learn it, love it, live it. We'll be back next week on Turning Left with Jason Elm and Sir Richard. I'll be there. Asta la bye bye.